Okay. So are we ready, Rob? Yeah, we're ready, man. So we, this is pretty much our presential um, uh, Rocker Mike and Rob present, Robert Duncan. Okay. And Mr. Duncan, thanks again for coming on. Uh, I want to kind of introduce you to our listeners. Okay. Uh, Robert Duncan contributed to Cream Magazine. Now, that was between 1974 and 1981. Um, anybody who grew up in the 70s and the 80s, you got to remember Cream Magazine if you're a rock fan. Uh, I was. I still am. I still read some of those old, you know, uh, critiques of everything you guys did. Um, you were also the managing editor between 75 and 76. And in 1977, they did a Cream Reader poll, Cream Magazine Reader poll, and you finished third as the best rock critic behind Lester Bangs and Robert Christgau. So you're definitely in great company right there. I got a bronze, right? You got a, yeah, you got a bronze. <laughs> hey, you got to be in it to win it. You know, that's, that's, that's good. That's well, good. when you get, yeah. Uh, you, you've also uh, written for some other publications like Rolling Stone, Circus, Hit Parader. And even Life Magazine, I found that interesting. Yeah, yeah. How, how did you get hooked up with Life Magazine? Was it a music article? Or was it something? No, different? it was a, it was a, it was a story about the closing down of Route sixty six. The I mean, it kind of was a music article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <just> <laughs> and uh, they had yeah. a whole you know photo thing on it, and and I got a call from I had a friend of a friend, you know, and said, "Hey, uh, we're looking for somebody to write this thing." And I wrote it, and I later discovered, or I later realized, oh, it was a tryout for Life magazine, and they they printed oh. my thing, but I but I guess I didn't make the cut on being a staffer. <laughs> oh wow! So you were like being tested right there, I, kind of. Yeah, way. yeah, unbeknownst to me. Yeah. But uh, uh, all right, all right, don't worry about that. Your other <laughs> credentials are fantastic. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I recovered. I mean, I'm not sure I would have yeah. been. Uh, very, I would have worked out at the time life empire. Yeah. That's a little, little different. Than yeah. Korean, that's for sure. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> now, now uh, also you've written several books. Uh, one particular book you did on kiss in 1978, the rock group, one of my favorites, sure that. Um, a book called the noise notes from a rock and roll era in 1984. You wrote yeah. that. And then, and then a book that, I actually read when it came out called Only the Good Die Young, the Rock and Roll Book of the Dead, 1986. Yeah. Wow. And that, that book I remember was all about dead rocks. That's it. In fact, yeah, I mean, it was that was the title. I, I called it. I called the book Dead Rock Stars, which I thought was funny. And, and right. the publisher was like, oh, no, uh-uh, uh-uh, no way. So wow. <laughs> I said, well, that's the whole point. You know, don't you get it? And But they didn't get it. <laughs> nah, they got to be a certain way right yeah. sometimes you know so um now you have a new book coming out in october called loudmouth coming out on three rooms press this is your first like real novel i guess you could say fiction yeah right? it's my first uh, uh you know yeah the first thing i've done that's labeled fiction i think i've written fiction in the past but it was labeled journalism okay okay now i'm joking there's the, the, no, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, it's fiction, so and, now the, but it, but it, you know, it's it's a, it's basically, uh, it's very close into my personal memoir. It's not exactly uh, true to the facts, but it's true. Well, that's close. Yeah, that's what that's what I'd say. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why yeah. not? Why not? Now I'm going to read this little blurb just so people uh, just have an idea of kind of what it's about, and maybe we could talk a little bit about your your ideas on this sure. book. But uh, one of the blurbs I read, I wrote down here was the novel is the story of Thomas Ransom, uh, born to a severely dysfunctional Southern family transplanted in New York city, left to his own devices by neglectful parents. He spends much of his childhood shadowing his older criminally inclined half brother and roaming New York city with hard drinking teenage pals. Tom eventually finds an outlet as the flamboyant singer of a downtown rock band, and later as the young editor of the Detroit-based magazine that invented punk, only to return to New York at the height of the 70s, uh, Bucanal, I don't even know how to say that word, Bucanal, okay? And oh, crash. The, the Bacchanal, right. Bacchanal, Bacchanal, Bacchanal. And crash. <laughs> but, but it isn't music that saves him. It's a soft-spoken uh, painter who turns out to be 
the most outrageous character of all. Now, just reading that, I was like, that's like my childhood. <laughs> okay. It sounds or yours, fantastic. Or, or yours, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Least, right? It sounds fantastic. It's definitely mine. <laughs> now, there's a few things not, yeah, yeah, that, that my, my criminally minded older brother, he, he was a criminal, but that, that had, you know, I was born in the Midwest and moved to New York later. So that happened in the Midwest where he was like a, a hot rod gangster and, and he was, you know, fully armed hot rod gangster. So, so this character is kind of based on him just a little bit, right? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little yeah, bit. You gotta, okay. you, you gotta co- you gotta cover your ass a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, comparisons to the book now, uh, some early critiques of it, they're saying it's similar to the movie Almost Famous and also Patti Smith's Just Kids. Yeah. Just Kids I, Just Kids I read. That was a, that was a very good book. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, I, I kind of go back and forth with Patti Smith, yeah. in my opinions. But, but she's good. She was a very good book. And Almost Famous is a great movie. Uh, and, you know, it featured Cream Magazine and, and Rolling Stone Magazine and stuff like that. Right. Uh, I think more more Rolling Stone, I think, right? Yeah, but, but right. you know, they had all yeah. that, that stuff with Philip Seymour Hoffman playing Lester Banks. So, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and, and, and he was uh, he was amazing in that role. He, he was, was great. great. He was he really was great. And he was he was a lot like Lester, who was I worked with and was good friends yes. with. But um, well, yeah, but there's actually a lot of cream in that movie. And and, you know, he's now Cameron Crowe, who directed the movie is and wrote and directed the movie and based on his life, roughly um, right. was uh, they he's now put together a musical of it. And it was supposed it no was kidding. supposed to open on Broadway like next month. And of course, oh. because of the plague, it's delayed. But uh, yeah. but we went to see it. We are we're friends with uh, Penny Lane, who was depicted in the movie oh. and all. And she said, oh, wow. "Oh, come with come with us, come with me and her group down to." We saw a preview down in San Diego just about three or four months ago. So, and 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 saw Cameron, who I know knew a little bit. But uh, so it's funny he he's amped up the cream stuff in it. So now through in the musical, and it was really really good it's going to be a hit but throughout well, the musical lester bangs is kind of a a narrator character uh throughout the whole thing and kind of a he's kind of a uh you know a voice of uh of uh cool and and, and so it, he, he's amped it up <laughs> at least the lester parts but that's 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 very cool now in the in the documentary that came out last year about cream magazine uh, you were you were in it quite a bit um, there really was just so much information there that I didn't know. Okay. Like the beginnings of the magazine yeah. and all that. Now you came in 74, right? Uh, I got, I went to Detroit. I started writing for him in 74, but, but I went to Detroit right. in 75. So, okay. So they had already been established according to the documentary, I would say about five years at yeah. that point. Um, you know, what did you think when you got there? Because it was total, like, total craziness from what I could see in the documentary, what the, what the office was like. <laughs> the working relationships. Like the working relationships. <laughs> well, I, I would say that is, that was accurate. I brought my own craziness to it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, what I thought about cream was I was, I was living in New York and, but I had come from the Midwest when I was like in fourth grade. And I was like, I was like really freaked out by New York because I was living way out in the country and, and, but, you know, give me a few years in New York, actually give me a few months. And then I became a, just a militant New Yorker. I was like, you know, okay, you have to, this is the greatest and and everybody else, every other state and place and, 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 uh, citizenry sucks. You know, it's all about New York. Everybody's (laughs) everything's beneath New York. So, when I was living in New York, I was going to school in New York, and and I used to see on the Astor Place subway uh, station they had a. It was the only place I saw they had like a news kiosk there, and it's the only place I ever saw Cream Magazine in New York. And I'm I'm looking at the covers, and it's like the MC5 and the Stooges and Grand Funk right. Railroad, and I'm like. What the, what is this shit? You know, this is like, 
I was like, that's like Detroit shit. This is just a Detroit magazine. I was just, so I was like, yeah, well, fuck that. You know, that's, that, that's just hick shit. And, uh, and I, I do a riff on this in, in, in loudmouth, but I do the same riff. Uh, you don't have to yeah. read the book. I'm telling you all the stories. Uh, but, but, uh, and so I went there, I, you know, and I knew Lester Bangs, his name, his, his name was hard to forget once you encountered it. But, you know, he was this right. guy who always wrote about the MC5 and the Stooges and, and Detroit shit. And I'm like, well, so I never read him. It's like, whatever. I don't read that shit. <laughs> um, and, and so when I got to Cream uh, and I came in at a low level, but editors kept uh being chased away and uh i wound up being the editor um but and lester and this other guy john morthland who was actually the guy who called me about the job they picked me up at the airport and we went and got drunk and and uh you know it was we had a nice introduction yeah, you know i was i was delighted it was the middle of january and it was freezing and snow everywhere on i'm like what did i do Detroit is Detroit's cold. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm like, what did I do? What am I doing here? Oh shit! So <laughs> I was really happy to get drunk. But so going in, I wasn't like starry eyed about Cream Magazine. I was, you know, a skeptical New Yorker. Now, after you know, I'm, I'm only like maybe I'm 21 at this point, and I'm like, so I'm still young enough to to adapt. And, you know, very soon I had fallen in love with Detroit. I still love Detroit. I love Iggy and the MC5. And uh, I don't love Grand Funk Railroad. That's going to, I need another <laughs> lifetime to love them. But, but you know. Uh, I think they made one of the best live albums, though. I will Really? Well, I, the only thing I liked yeah. was that Todd Rundgren song, you know, an American band. The, we're an American yeah, band. Yeah. I thought that was, that rocked, you know, but it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. but uh, so that you know, going in, I that that those were my expectations were nothing. I needed a job, you know. It wasn't highly paid job, but it was like it was better than the nothing I was making in New York. Well, what I love about Cream, what I loved about it was it was kind of an alternative music magazine before there was for such sure, a yeah, okay, uh, because you guys covered bands that nobody would would put in a magazine. Rolling Stone wasn't going to do a spread on Iggy. That wasn't going <laughs> to no. happen. Okay. And, and, and that's where I learned about these bands that, that, you know, weren't in the top 40, weren't being played right. on the radio. And uh, it was kind of like, you know, then, then you had great pictures and you had funny articles. I, I grew up a big Kiss yeah. fan, so you guys always had funny Gene Simmons stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you know then back in the day when no one knew what they looked like. Yeah. You know, which I which I always kind of, you know, I, I laugh about because it, that could never happen today. You could never have a band that would be, you know, in disguise. And totally. Nobody, who they would. nobody would. Nobody would. Honor totally. That. But the rock magazines, especially you guys, really honored that. Like they'd show Kiss like from behind, like, in yeah. jeans, <laughs> you know, with long hair and a jean jacket and jean pants. Yeah. And like that was them. That's all yeah. from behind. That's all you saw. You know, and that really kept that mystique going. But not just Kiss. I mean, uh, one of my other all-time favorite bands is the Ramones, and you guys would cover them all yeah, often, too. Yeah, sure. You know, um, Lester was big on the punk yeah. scene yeah. after a while, you know, and he was down at CBGB's and all that stuff. Did you go to CBGB's in the 70s? Oh, yeah, all the time, you know, because yeah. I, I was at Det I was only at the, uh, in Detroit for about a year and a half, and, um, and, uh, and then I went back to New York. You know, I got in a fight with right. the publisher. Everybody gets a fight in a fight with the publisher, uh, and and I yeah. like him, but I got in a fight with him, and I was, uh, and so I left in the middle of the night. I said, "Fuck this!" And I had a, my girlfriend lived in New York, and that that was that was a problem. So uh, yeah. yeah, I went back to New York, and mm -hmm. and uh, you know, uh, not I found eventually after after a couple of months i'm not sure how long it was but i i follow this this journey in loudmouth but if if i found like the cheapest apartment in new york you know it was like my wife says it was 150 bucks a month but it i think it was 200 in any case it was you know uh, between 14th and 15th streets on sixth avenue and it was 200 if it, even if it was wow. 200 bucks even 
you know, back in 19, whatever this was, uh, late seventies, it was cheap. It was a cheap, it was a shit hole. That's the, that's the Chelsea neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time it had no, it was nothing fancy about it. All, you know, uh, fancy people had not moved in yet, but, um, Oh no, it was a rough area. Very rough. Back then, yeah, yeah, it was. It was at night. At night, it closed. Yeah, we. It was. And the apartment was a shithole. We were over a Chinese. We were over a (laughs) Chinese restaurant. So it's just the apartment was just full of cockroaches and mice. You you uh, know what's funny? That Chinese restaurant is still there if it survived the pandemic. I think it is. If it's, I know it is. Five four two six Avenue was Gum Joy. It was Gum Joy, the restaurant. And uh, after I'd been there for. I don't know how long. It wasn't that long, you know, a month or two or three. Uh, the the guy in the apartment next door to me moved out, and I and I thought, like oh. I called Lester. I said, "Dude, I got the cheapest apartment in New York. You want the second cheapest apartment in New York?" Because <laughs> you're, you're he was always talking about, "Oh, I'm going to move to New York. Detroit sucks. Fuck this shit." And uh, yeah. so I called his bluff and I said, "Hey." Here you go. He's, I said, I'll put down a deposit for you. I'll talk to the landlord. And he says, all right, do it. So I was the one who lured Lester to New York for better or worse. But wow. that's what he always, you know, that was his his dream. And, you know, he was he was big on all the New York bands, the Velvet Underground, Lou Reed, of course. Ooh, yeah, yeah, good bands. Yeah, yeah. His 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 writings always talked about yeah. that stuff. So. Um, I got to ask your opinion on one thing, though, sure. if you don't mind. I'm all okay. vegans. And this is, a, this is a question that I actually put to Handsome Dick Man. My friend. A couple, of mo- a couple of months ago. We interviewed him. It was one of, one of our best. I'm sure this one is going to be one of our best oh, also. Handsome Dick but, is one of my good uh, friends. In fact, I owe him a phone call. Okay, okay, you can, okay if you speak to him, okay, bring, bring up Rocker Mike. We saw him Friday, actually. He came to my birthday. <laughs> oh, party. really? So, yeah, bring, bring it up. But um, what I want to ask is this, because Lester, um, I don't want to make this whole interview about Lester. But yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, whatever. A second. But, but, but this is important to me because I'd like your yeah. opinion on it. Lester, Lester had passed a comment in, a, in an article, and I'll, I'll just paraphrase because I don't yeah. remember exactly how he said it. But the quote was like, you know, after Sergeant Pepper came out, Rock and roll was never the same because it was considered an art form at that point. Yeah. Okay. And again, I'm just, no, I remember roughly, but, but, but now, now there's an interesting line in a dictator's song. Yeah. Okay. Dictate with handsome Dick singing. And he says, June, June uh, 5th, 67, something died and went to heaven. I wish Sergeant Pepper never taught the band to play. (laughs) Okay. And I asked him this. Okay. I I asked him about that lyric. He said, well, I didn't write it. Andy Shonoff wrote it. But, but I said, well, you sing it. I said, do you believe it? And we went into like, you know, the meaning behind it. Just like I told you. Now I, I kind of believe what Lester says is that rock and roll, not, not that it was bad after that. Definitely not. But something happened in, 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 in the culture in the United States where rock and roll was all of a sudden taken seriously as an art form after right. Sergeant Pepper. Do you agree right. with that? Well, I agree that, that, that it raised the, the stakes in that, you know, just what you said, it was rock and roll became, yeah. oh, you know, it's not just teenage music. It, be, it became like, right. oh, this stuff could be serious. And, and, and rock performers thought, hey, I could be an artist instead of just a rocker or, you know, or whatever. <clears throat> So, you know, I, I, um, I'm not sure, you know, I don't think it ruined it for forever. I'm sure no. it ruined some people, you know, some, some, uh, performers decided, oh yeah. I'm, I mean, there was a lot of bullshit that came out after that, but you know, so, and, uh, yeah, but Lester liked to harp on that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of showed through. In, in almost the theme of Creed yeah. Magazine, okay? Uh, this idea of, like, rock and roll is about right. fun. It's about, get, it's about getting lumped up, wasted, and, and having a good time and getting laid and, and all yeah. these things. And that's what it was prior to Sgt. Pepper, and it was considered music for retards. 
Okay, music for <laughs> music for people, music for like you know criminals yeah, and yeah. shit like that. You know, so but, so you know it wasn't taken seriously. Then all of a sudden now it's being taken seriously, and then you have the following years after '67 in the ten years before punk, where it becomes excessive, and you have all well, you know twenty minute drum solos and 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 you know twenty minute guitar solos and, yeah. and all that stuff, yeah. all that stuff, and all of a sudden punk comes back and kicks yeah. in the ass. And and that, you know, I, I, I would think like, you know, since you guys were covering Iggy and MC5 and Alice Cooper and, and, and stuff that nobody was really yeah. talking about in the early 70s. And then all of a sudden punk comes along. It's like you called. it. Yeah. It's like you call, you know, you called it. I, I think that's 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 the amazing thing about Cream. I think it just showed through what rock and roll was supposed. Well, to I, be, I think know? that it's true that Cream. In a sense, and I say this in the novel that, that Cream invented punk. Uh, you know, they say that uh, uh, they claim that, that that Dave Marsh, who was the first real editor of Cream, uh, yes. you know, invented punk the, the phrase punk rock. You know, when he was re- don't don't tell Legs McNeil that. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. Oh, Legs Mc, Legs McNeil has heard <laughs> that, uh, and yeah, uh, know. you know, it's so. Uh, but it's true that the cream was the spirit of punk before punk. And I think you're right. The magazine did call it and, you know, stood pretty, uh, stood pretty resolutely against, you know, Emerson Lake and Palmer and Prague rock and just, you know, kind of like a lot of that stuff that got out of kind of just overly pretentious and overly precious and, you know, it really stood for the, the kind of more straight ahead and, and um, you know, seemingly authentic stuff, uh, you know, the stuff that really rocked. I mean, that, that, that was always the stuff that interested yeah. me. But when, you know, you listen to, like, the Beatles and all those British invasion bands back at the beginning, the, the Stones and the Animals and the Kinks, well, they were rocking bands, you know, and so were the Beatles. Sure, sure. So, of course. Uh, yeah, but Cream definitely def- definitely called it. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys did. And um, let me ask your opinion on music yeah. today. Yeah. Robert, okay. Well, you, what are you listening to today? Uh, well, you know, I've been working on this book for six years, so I uh, – and I don't listen wow. – to, so I don't – I can't listen to music when I'm um, when I'm uh, when I'm writing. I don't listen to – not even instrumental music. I'd like throw – you just get right. You just yeah, like it. Because I'm trying to make my own rhythms and melodies. And so, you know, in, in, sure, the, in sure. the writing, I'm trying to do rock uh, mu- writing that is like rock and roll. That's always my aspiration. Gotcha. Now, that's probably a fucked up aspiration. I should just be writing. <laughs> no, you know. that make, makes sense to me. I mean, that rock but and roll. You know what? The music today the is terrible. I hate to say it. it's just terrible. Maybe because I'm older, but. It's garbage. Uh, it's a lot of garbage. Well, there's a lot, but there always was a lot of garbage. Yeah, I, but, I, but, I really, maybe again, it's me being, I'm just being a Pollyanna, but I, I, I don't believe the, you know, the rock, rock died, and you know, back, back with the no. Sergeant Peppers or whenever you you want to assign no, no. its death date. And it's not, it's not. I, now, I don't think so. Okay, it's just, it's, it's gone underground. Yeah, that's, and that's probably is. where it needs to yeah, be. Yeah, I mean over. You know, that's the way I see it. Yeah, over the last, uh, I don't know, over the last 10, 20 years, I've listened to a lot of music and I kept, keep up. And we used to, I used to produce a, um, a, uh, you know, concert series. And uh, I was always having young bands in it was like, oh shit, those guys are good. It was always finding good bands. And, uh, but you know, I love a wide variety of bands and I also listen to jazz a lot, but, uh, you know, I loved. Oh God, one of my favorite bands. Now this is going back to the '90s, but there was guy, is and was guided by voices. Uh, I loved like right. uh, the Mars Volta. Uh, you know, uh, new pornographers. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just there, there was. You know, and and the other day I was reading about Billie Eilish. I thought, well, I ought to try. I ought to try this Billie Eilish out, and. Uh, and so I listened to that um, that on theme that she's she's done, and it's fucking great. It's just great. Uh, so I'm yeah. I'm down with Billie Eilish. 
you know, hey, who, who cool. else do I like? You know, cool. I, and some of the some of the hip hop stuff. I mean, I, 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 you know, I fell in love with that first Kanye West album. Now, whatever the fuck happened to him since then, I don't know. Lil Wayne, <laughs> he's got off the rails a little <laughs> bit. Lil Wayne, I love. Yeah, and, and there's a British band that has a new record that I I, sh, uh, I should listen to because I I listened to their earlier records, Sleaford Mods. You ever listen to them? No, I don't They're think fantastic. I heard of that. They're big in England. They're just fantastic, man. They're okay. really, yeah. Check them out. I so will. I will. If you say, I still I will listen to. Well, when I listen to music, I. Uh, and now that I've finished the book, I can I can get drunk all the time and listen to music. That's that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah. that's what we do. So, so you said you've been working for six years yeah, on this book. Yeah. All right. Wow. That's it's a long too fucking time, long. Right? That's a long. That yeah, is a long time. What, what was it? Just was it just creative blocks or you you had different ideas that yeah there was out there was no blocks or... i was just i was flowing all the Good. time but it would be like i'd go back and look at it and say like i wrote it started out i wrote for about 13 months i just went crazy i i was i was writing for 13 months i was i think i was giving myself um you know uh psychotherapy and uh and at the end of 13 months i i, I was like what is all this shit I I've been writing? And it was, you know, different stories and this and that. And, and I thought, and I laid it all out on the floor and I thought, God, you know, if I, if I uh, added something here and subtracted something there, I could maybe put a whole book together, a whole, you know, I thought it would be a memoir. I thought it might be linked short stories. I didn't know, but I eventually I decided I, I didn't want to worry so much about facts. So I would just call it a novel and uh so and then but you know you write the stuff and you think oh this is so good and the next day you get up and you say that sucks so there's so much so much of that and you never know is this me being insecure or is this or does it really suck and you know a lot of times That's it did suck so um so rewriting you know that so i spent most of those years rewriting you know i think i yeah new writing was maybe i spent a couple of years doing that and then rewriting oh my god i was re we you know we just got out the final all the so uh which is a, a printed version of the book but it's uncorrected and so up until about oh. a month and a half ago i was still crossing out shit and adding shit and and also <laughs> so uh I'm, I'm i'm just i'm looking forward to somebody taking the goddamn thing away from me and putting it out and yeah. <laughs> and then i then i did the audiobook oh, i spent most of this summer working on the uh, recording the audiobook and then because i and that's coming out at the same time as the print book um october 6th and right can get a spam phone call here. You, you, I don't need that, do I? All right, nope. <laughs> spam. <laughs> Delete that thing. Uh, yeah. But uh, so I, I was working on the audio book, and that, and that, I made the terrible error of I have a studio in my house because I started out as a musician. I still write and play music, uh, but I, uh, and I thought, well, I'll just edit this audio book myself. Let me tell you. Don't ever try to edit an oh, audio boy. because there's so much, you know, in a, a book is like, what is it, 10 hours or something to, if you just read it straight Easy. through. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. so, but I had a bunch of takes, so I must've had 50 hours of material to go through. So, so I, and then to put it yeah, all together, and make it like, technically and nice. It oh my sense. God. It's so yeah. never do it. Wow. Let me just warn the audience. Never Never write a book and never do your own audio book. Well, you can read it. <laughs> I actually do have a, a, a book, at least in the very, very, very pre-planning stages oh, don't do right it. now. Uh, don't do it. Yeah, no, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll tell, maybe I'll tell you one day on the side. It's just like, it's something that yeah. needs to be done, but you're right. I know it's going to be, it's going to um, be a tough one. It's, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Hey, uh, Robert, let me ask you a quick question. What do you think about the future of all these live venues? This, this uh, pandemic pretty much shut everything down. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen in a few years with 
like live venue, like New York with live venues in New York were dying. We didn't have that many venues yeah. already. What do you think is going to happen after this uh, pandemic? It's just, it's a tragedy, man. It's a catastrophe. I, you know, I don't, I think some of them will never come back. I think a lot of them will never come back. And then I think in a few years, there'll be some, you know, some folks will get the idea like, Hey, why don't we open a, a venue? And, uh, and you know they will be somebody who doesn't quite remember the. Uh, they do they don't remember. <laughs> well, they don't remember the pandemic. So, so they're like, oh, hey, that would be fun. And they don't remember that the whole world went to shit and, and all the venues with it. Um, so I, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I live in a, t a, a little town right outside San Francisco, but we, we've always had like a bunch of uh, bars with music. We're, we're we're famous for having a bunch of bars and uh, we're we, during prohibition days this was the town everybody came to 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 drink so it was a famous <laughs> kind of uh, you know mafia run town and it was uh, and yeah. and we have all these um, just wonderful bars with music 365 days a year in multiple places in a town of 7500 and they're all fucking closed now and uh, Two, two of the main ones have now gone under, and you know, just wow. So it's, you know, and and they had, I mean, they just had, they had kind of unknown bands, but you know, every every night, literally every night. So it's good yeah. to hear live music. Like when you go to Key West or Nashville, there's somebody playing live yeah, music. Yeah, same the thing. Time. We same thing we you have know? in our little town of Fairfax here in California. Let wow. me ask you another question. What can you say about the center of the universe, the little Italian restaurant that you were? Oh yeah, yeah, on? yeah. I, I I'm not sure I'm done with that blog, but uh, but I I got to doing all this loudmouth stuff is is it's just been too much. Yeah, well we have we have a, a really great. I, I handsome Dick has been there. Uh, I, really? I took handsome <laughs> Dick there. He had a good time. Uh, uh, but uh, of course, he complained about some of the recipes and this and that because that's yeah, it. He's, right? he's right. got to complain about right. that's it, no matter so, what. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> stayed with us for like a week about a year ago uh, with oh, his wow, son. Wow, wow. And um, no, it's a it's a it, wonderful little Italian restaurant run by these two sisters who are half Brazilian, half Korean, and. And their their parents their their parents Korean and Brazilian parents hang out there and and the father had to, I helped him write his his memoir he has a crazy story he was a POW during the Korean War and and it, it, wow. it's just and everybody in town goes there and it's just and the the sisters who run it are just kind of make everybody family and it's it's just great. So, you know, and now, of course, they're they're closed except for, well, now they're doing some outdoor stuff. But but now we have fires here. Uh, I don't know if you've read about the fires. So we got these crazy wildfires. So yeah, you can't be outside that. a lot of the time. A lot yeah, of smoke yeah, so they set right? up picnic tables outside and, and now it's like they can't do that. But we're, every week I go get to go food for me and a bunch of people that I used to eat with every Saturday night and and I way over tip and I'm trying to I'm trying to keep them going. So that, so I wrote about that because I thought this is such an interesting, you know, paradoxical place with the Korean Brazilian sisters doing Italian food. And and it's all, you know, characters and there are lots of musicians and, and artists and just just characters, you know. Where can you see this blog? Oh, it's uh, I have a I have a website. It's on there. Um, it's oh, it's uh, DuncanWrites dot com. Like writes like you know writes a, a letter, but DuncanWrites dot com, and okay. that's you can find out everything about the Loudmouth and where to buy where to buy it or where to pre order it uh, on there. And also, I have my Center of the Universe blog on there, which is temporarily suspended, as the blog will tell you. But yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty, oh. it was kind of different for me. But I was trying to write something every week, and kind of. And our town is an old, wacky hippie town. You know, a lot of musicians used to leave here. Van Morrison lived here when he was doing Tupelo Honey. Uh, you wow. know, the Phil Lesh of the Dead, yes, got drunk in our one of our big bars, and that's where he 
destroyed his liver in this town. And oh, uh, yeah, wow. John Doe of X was a, <laughs> was a resident here for a while. Who who else lives here? Oh, oh. um, you know, Black Crows. Uh, what's his name? You know, uh, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the singer from Black Crows. Yeah. Say, Chris, Chris Robinson. Robinson. He Chris Robinson. and he goes to yeah. Sorella's, that Italian restaurant I wrote about. So, uh, oh, and it's wow, it's just it's just full of musicians. And like when uh, Jerry Garcia died, half the half the town was employed as you know roadies or in the office for the Grateful Dead. So when when uh, Garcia died and they get downsized, uh, oh man, it was an un- a wave of unemployment. Uh, swept through Fairfax. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of like what would happen at the international, right, Rob? We're, we're, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we're, we're, we're kind of like based out of the international bar. I don't know if you remember. Where that is place, it, Robert? On First On what, Avenue. First, at, if first, well, if you were, it's it's actually been in three locations, real close to each other. The first place used to be on St. Mark's between First and yeah. A. It was called this. It was called the uh, International Bar and huh. Grill. Okay, that sounds familiar. Okay, and if you ever, yeah, if you ever watch the uh, Rolling Stones video, "Waiting uh, on a Friend," yeah, because that's all. That's all like shot on St. Mark's. Oh, I just box. watched it recently. And, Somebody uh, posted it. Yeah. Well, take a look. Take take a look. Uh, Keith Richards walking down the street. He walks right in front okay. of the old International. I know exactly that. I know what that part. You know? Did it have had a awning yeah. outside? I think it had a, an old awning and it was like a you know darkened black window right white right eyes, you know but but it's not there anymore it, it moved a little after the in the 80s it moved to like first avenue yeah. and 7th street and now it's now it's on first between well, it's hanging and in seven. there and yeah and, oh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah and we uh we, we we're based out of that rob yeah. rob is a bartender there yeah, I work there four times a week. So I'm there just serving drinks. And with the pandemic, it's so weird doing this business because it's yeah. a whole Are different you, world. You have to serve outside. Uh yeah. So thank God yeah. we got a backyard, so we could at least put like like twenty yeah. people back there, but no more than that, you know. And that pretty much kind of killed the business. Then the people that are going there; they just haven't been around people and they go there. They just yeah. want to stay there to the point that you got to tell them, yo, I got, <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> Everybody's in New York city is a yeah. weird place right now, man. Every, every, yeah. every, everything is like, you got people that are just yeah. paranoid, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and, and then you got people that don't give a shit right. either. And that's wrong too, because yeah. they're just walking around right. breathing on everybody. And uh, so it's really like, it's, it's, it's yeah. sad, you know, and places are closing already. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. What I was just, you know, I was thinking about that. We were in San Francisco yesterday, and uh, and and I'm thinking, damn, you know, those all these little dive bars I love to go to, you know, they're they're a lot of them are going to be gone if not all of them, you know. But it's like you said. I mean, I think I think it would come back in a couple of years because someone will get that idea that's always been there, you know. Hey, let's let's right. all hang out. You know? Right. <laughs> you, you know what I also think? I think this might bring back like a semi-punk revival. Maybe some people start playing you know, more punk music. Th- it's funny because we were talking about that, and and I don't know if you yeah. agree, Robert, but like we're almost in the you know we're kind of in the early seventies right now economically yeah. and yeah. and uh, you know politically and and it's almost like a reset yeah. in a way. You know, and could could that happen again? Not exactly the same way, of course. But, Not the same, but yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, yeah. a lot of you know the original punk music came out of a lot yeah. of angst, and that's that's what people. Yeah, are feeling and now. you know, I was saying to my wife yesterday, I was saying, "Damn, you know, I I'm waiting. the The one good good thing that could happen out of all this is is if rents come down. You know, uh, yes. You know, we have yeah. the same problem in in uh, San Francisco, and and like Mike. Both my kids moved away because they're like, "Fuck it, I can't pay for this shit," and uh, yes. and so, um, you know, that would be a really good effect if you could, you know, if rents would come down fifty percent. But I, but I read they're only down like ten percent. You know, yeah, New York City they're down ten percent. Well, but the, now the, you can actually you can actually negotiate with your yes. landlord. He might even give you a little yeah. more of a break. Yeah, now. I've heard that, and they say in the commercial market. Uh, is down yeah, as for well. Sure. So I mean, you know, because people are, are realizing I can work yeah. from home. <laughs> that's know? pretty and, nice. And I mean, that, 
and yeah, it's nice, but they're also finding they're getting huge electric bills yeah. they can't afford. So something something has to give somewhere. There's got to be a middle yeah. ground, you know, where these people come back. But you're right. I mean, part of the reason why there's there was ever a, a good music scene in, in in New York City is because rents were right. affordable right. at that time. You know, because that's how you get people to come here or people that are already from here. They're not worried about the rent. They're worried about their art. And that's, yeah. that's, that's how that worked in the 70s. Yeah. Until you get that, you don't really have a shot. But you know what? The world, you know, if, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Because rock and roll is, is underground now, yeah. like I, I mentioned before. And I think it, it's ripe for yeah, but something. Okay, It has to come back. I think you're you think? right. I think, and I think there's going to be more you know, DIY, the spirit of DIY yeah. is going to make people have, you know, they'll have illegal bars and illegal venues and, you know, it'll be kind of people are, like when you see these bands playing out on their stoop, you know, uh, you see pictures of yeah. that. It's like that shit is going to proliferate. And, you know, so there, 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 there may be some good stuff that comes out of it. I mean, sometimes I watch these uh, shows, uh, you know, uh, on the virtual sh concerts online. I, I mean, where it's like an, an artist who says, um, you know, it's some guy I, I know of or know or like or whatever. And he, he's doing like a solo show, um, you know, from his living room. And it's like, okay, well that's, that's, that can be cool. Yeah. Yeah. At least right now where you right. can go. And I think, I, but I think that will kind of hang, that will, per that will persist, but, not instead of concerts. I mean, you know, you yeah. know, it's just, it's just a different no. thing, but. Um, yeah. I mean, they're doing stuff here too. Like uh, I think I heard they're doing it in California too. Like these drive yeah, up shows. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, in these like, you know, areas, maybe a field yeah. or something, you know, a parking yeah. lot or something and people just rolling up in the car. They're doing it with drive, drive through movies, uh, driving movies. Yeah, I know. We, 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 the, the, you know, our, one of the movie theaters out here is, uh, is now doing instead of showing movies in its theater, they're they're doing drive-in movie at the mm. at the parking lot of the mall, you know, and uh, so <laughs> yeah. so that works. And and our friends in Blue Oyster Cult just played a drive-in concert up in New Hampshire a, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I didn't hear about and, that. And you know, I, cool. I was looking at the pictures, and it was like, wow, you know, they had giant video screens on either side of the stage. I mean, they really did it up like a a regular, like a like a regular concert and uh it looked pretty wow. slick you know it looked pretty cool and yeah you know people were in their cars and people were standing outside their cars but whatever i i assume that's all way better for for this plague thing it's better than being on top yeah. of each other you know you know what was funny this year when they did the joy ramon uh birthday badge it was all virtual yeah yeah yeah, yeah they, they do that every year for right. him and uh but this year was virtual. Like mostly they pick a venue and yeah. we all go to the venue. Now this year it was virtual and it was weird how many people yeah. came out. Yeah, that's that's cool. Well, you know, I know. Yeah, yeah. At least they got it in. You know, that's been a tradition now since two thousand. Yeah, I know and when he when he Andy passed Chernoff away. plays every every year. Yes. And he did yes, this he this year, yeah, I saw. It's... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was Joey Ramon's brother puts right. it on. And wasn't wasn't Joe Ramone's brother in the band with Lester? Yeah, Mickey Lee. Yeah. Yeah, Mickey right, yeah. Birdland. Uh, right, right, right. Forgot yeah, about that. Yeah. Okay. I yes, I think he was in Birdland. Then there was another band he but yes, Mickey Lee was definitely in the band. I mean, he was yeah. he put together the band, I think, for Lester. In right. fact, I think it was kind of his band, and then they let Lester sing. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him once. Yeah. Yeah. Really? You know, when Lester I think there's a live album out. I don't think they ever put out anything studio wise. I think there's a there's a live album. I, 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 I don't know. I don't have I that. Remember. I have a. Oh, I remember when he did that single of Let It Blurt. And uh, and oh, then he yeah, also yeah, did yeah, a record right. with right. that band um, down in Austin. Oh, the, the delinquents. Was it the delinquents? I forget what they were called. Down in Austin. Mm. And he did Juke, Sa Juke Savages on the Brazos. That was the title of the album. And he went down and and lived in Austin for about three or six months, and and kind of irritated everybody down there eventually. Because Lester was wonderful and he was a genius and all that stuff, but eventually, you know, 
It got on your You know nerves. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, and I love to drink and carry on, and and I think I carry on with the best of them. But I, but it would be like, ah, oh, shit, Lester, come on, you know. <laughs> and we were oh, just man. right next door neighbors. One time we got in a, I I did I I do a thing on this in in loudmouth. I had to tell this story, but I I. One time I was out at like CBGB's and, you know, just all running around the, the East Village. And uh, and I and I knew uh, Legs McNeil a little bit. And, and Legs McNeil came up to me at some maybe at CBGB's and said, hey, I took your last six pack of beer. Ha 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 ha. And because oh, and, and, um, where Lester and I lived on the top floor of a fifth floor walk up, five floor walk up. And, and we didn't we were. The, the downstairs door was locked. The only way to get in is you had to call in from across the phone booth across the street. No cell phones, kids. And, uh, right. and uh, <laughs> so we left our doors on open. We, and we were kind of like, we're like, well, if you want to use my shit, you can use my shit and I'll use your shit. And I didn't really use his shit, but apparently um, Lakes McNeil used my shit one night. <laughs> and, and so uh -oh. I came home at about five 30 in the morning, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get, I have a beer, you know, couldn't as if I hadn't had enough at that point. And, uh, and I go in <laughs> and there's no fucking beer in my refrigerator. And then I remember Legs McNeil told me he took the beer that Lester told him it was cool. And, Oh man. So we, I, you know, in New York, the, I don't know if they still have them in any of the old apartments, but they had police locks and they were kind of those big yeah. things where the a big metal uh, iron pole kind of wedges into the well, floor. Yeah. Wedge, wedged into the yeah. floor to block. And so that's open. about yeah. four yeah. feet long, that that metal pole. And we never used it. We didn't lock our doors, but it was right next to the door. I picked it up. I threw it at the wall, at le at the wall that we separated me and Lester and... um and the damn i threw it like a javelin and the damn thing oh, man. went halfway through True. the wall and just kind of boing, 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 boing. it was like <laughs> and wow. i'm yelling you motherfucker you took my fucking beer you fuck you know you took a man's beer i have no beer right you can't you can't do it that's yeah. against the you rules got, leave me one right because right. i took my last beer so Anyway, this cartoon <laughs> thing, and I'm like, oh shit, well, you know, it, well, it, it was, it was it continued to be like a cartoon because it was like silence for about, you know, three, two, one seconds, and then Lester came busting out of his apartment and bashing into mine, and we got in this big fight, this the one giant fight that me and Lester had. We, we it was the one, <laughs> one fight entirely, uh, but. Uh, who, who who won, Robin? Nobody won, and, and you know, yeah, we were we were just both the we were the worst, you know, we were the worst fighters ever. But you know, after we're just we're two, you know, overweight spazzes, and we're just so we're you know down lying on the floor, and there's furniture everywhere, and and uh, and Lester, you know, so finally it's over, and, and Lester says, "Hey, we're really terrible fighters, aren't we?" And I. And I'm like, you motherfucker! Let's. <laughs> I thought, well, that's not for you to. See. You can say you're a terrible fighter, but fuck you. So, anyways, that so we funny. we did that find a way to make up, but I don't know. I don't know what I was telling you about, but that was. Uh, nah, great. I mean, you got great. That's in live mouth too. And, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, if if, if as much of Loudmouth is about your life. As it seems, you know, or at least drawn sure. from experiences, the book's got the book's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to read it. Um, so it's coming out in October on Three Rooms Press, October sixth. Right? But okay, but October you 6th, drunken stoners but, out there, order it now because you can pre-order it. Every you know, Am Amazon, Bookshop.org. You can go to my website, DuncanWrites.com, and and there's a buy page, and you'll. I don't. I'm not making money. I'm just linking to all the places you can pre-order it. So, so you don't forget, right? You, you, don't Let's you do think these? Because you might be too. You might be too lumped up to do it on. That, that's Sunday. right. <laughs> that's right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm I'm advising all audiences don't don't trust your memory. Don't trust. So just go pre-order it now and let let the 
Be proactive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> comes out October 6th, but it's available pre-order like all over the place right now. And uh, yeah. And the audio book comes out then. Well, but... well Rob, you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a, when I put the podcast, up, I'm going to put a link to your website also. So people know okay. how to get to it. And if you got any information, if you got any information, Amazon, I'll link it also. So people know what to yeah, buy well, the book. I, I got a p- page in my website that's DuncanWrites.com slash buy, B-U-Y. And it just, they'll find it. It, it has all the links okay. to where they can pre-order it. So again. Okay. Yeah. So I'll probably link that. So I'm also going to put this on YouTube. So I'll probably get some picture from Mom Cream Magazine article and I'll do a little YouTube stuff also and get you out there. There's a bunch um, of, there's a know, bunch of pictures on my website. There's a, there's a good one of me trying to feed beer to Gene Simmons with let with Lester Bangs. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he didn't drink. He didn't drink. <laughs> with Lester Bangs laughing in the background. So there you go. As as a side note, he actually did get drunk once on his TV. No show. shit. Did you oh, ever see, well, did you see that uh, episode? No, but I've seen. I saw the show. I I kind of enjoyed the show. That one of the one of the last episodes, he gets drunk on some champagne or something. He got sick and everything. It was hilarious. no kidding. Wow, oh, I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Family yeah. jewels. Yeah, it was the good family jewels. That was that was actually a very good show. It was a it good was. show. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, Robert. So I want to thank you for thank coming you guys on. for having and me. And it, it was it was an honor. And we wish you the best with this book. And uh, if you're in New York City, definitely look us up. You got a bar to hang out in. There's a bar stool there. Just I'm going to the international um, next time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just get in touch with us. We'll, we'll yeah. take care of you. OK. And guys, remember, Loud Mouth comes out October 10th, right? Sixth, right? Sixth. But, October you, 6th. You see, but you can please, you can. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can pre-order it now before before it sells out. You can order it now on Amazon. Pre-order it, get the book now, and don't and, trust you your know, memory. You'll be ahead there of the crowd. Go. Don't trust your memory. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, now, Robert, we always have a little tagline at the end of our yeah. shows. So yeah. just hang out a second. We're going to say our little goodbyes here, and yeah, and, uh, we're wishing you the Thank best. You. Okay. Thank you, guys. It's been fun. Uh, All right. All right, everybody. Yeah. So remember how it goes. Don't, Don't get, get drunk. drunk. Get locked get up. Locked up. <laughs> See you soon. Take care. Bye. Have a good one.